0: Now, it's Gabe Time. Gabe Coon. Gabe Coon was one of the great little trivial nuggets in all football bios. His grandfather was the inventor of the easy baked oven. Like
1: a boss, the best lineman on the radio. Well, the only lineman on the radio. It's Gabe Time. Game time. We're ready. The Gabe Coon Show. 929 FM ESPN.
3: Happy Friday out there, December 22nd, 2023, and welcome in to the Gabe Kuhn Show. I am your host, former Memphis Tiger offensive lineman Gabe Kuhn on X at G underscore Kuhn71. I'm alongside the executive producer of the Gabe Kuhn Show. That would be Connor Dunning on X at C Dunning 929. Connor, how's it hanging? It's a beautiful day. It is a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day. day. I I feel the positivity is just just coursing through my veins. We're on the holiday season. Grizzlies are 2-0. With Ja back, 2-0 on the season, in my opinion. Um, And then the Tigers play Vandy coming up this weekend. Naquan Tomlin looks like he'll be ready to play. We are so back. Yes. We are so back. Now ask me how I'm doing. How are you doing, Gabe? I'm doing well. I had a good day today. I went over to the Smile Center to talk to Dr. Mady. That was a great conversation. Uh, I I took my – it was my third trip. Third trip over to Lululemon and Saddle Creek to do some last-second Holiday shopping. We just have to keep adding to it. You think you're done. You're not actually done. Then I went over to talk with my good friends over at Oxbow.
2: Chalk full. Just say full. Slammed. I was there yesterday. Slammed.
3: But here's the thing. I mean, I'll I'll talk about Oxbow a little bit later. They have so many different things that you can. Stocking stuffers, full-on gifts. I mean, it is slammed over there. But I did some uh, last-second shopping there as well. So it's been a phenomenal day for me. I've been all around the city, well, all around East Memphis so far, Germantown and East Memphis. Um, but tomorrow I'll be downtown. I'll be at the game. I'll be at the Tigers versus Vanderbilt, the uh, penultimate out-of-conference game before they play Austin P. and wrap it up. But we have three hours of talk on the way, courtesy of 92.9 FM ESPN and yours truly. And I have to start with the guests because we are chock full today. We are slammed. Uh, no Jeff Calkins today as he is uh, already on his way to New York. For Christmas. Um, but at 5 o'clock, instead of him, we're going to have David Cobb. We'll talk about the Florida State situation. I don't know if you've been keeping up with this, but there seems to be a $572 million exit fee based on the grant of rights. The ACC is withholding the grant of rights. You can't make hard copies of it, but this is unbelievable what is going on With Florida State and I know people would say it's it's believable but considering they have a a grant of rights that runs through 2036 that has been uh, talked about being ironclad that's how they always term it ironclad Um, it is it is wild to think Florida State may make their way out and Florida State has uh, basically waged war against the ACC the conference they're in right this second so we'll have plenty of that with David Cobb at 430 the bottom of this hour um, Ryan Silverfield will join the show how about that head coach of the Memphis football program ahead of December 29th at 2.30 in the 65th edition of the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. Um, But we'll have to talk about, yes, the AutoZone Liberty Bowl against Iowa State. My last game was 2017 in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl against Iowa State. We'll sort of rehash some things. And then uh, we did have early signing day. So I'm sure he has some thoughts there. They did really well. Um, But, you know, I, I know that he definitely has some thoughts on the ever-changing landscape of recruiting, roster retention, NIL, and the whole nine yards. So he'll join at 4.30. And then at 6 o'clock, before we, uh, before we, we, we send you off to the weekend and uh, Vanderbilt versus uh, the University of Memphis in FedEx Forum, we're going to have Parthu Bediye. will stop by uh, for a little bit of a conversation. He just broke the news about Naquan Tom and Looks like we're just waiting on a certification, certification, is what the what we're terming it as. You're a former SID. Can you shed any light on that? Shouldn't be difficult to do. Okay. What what is? I mean, what what what, what does it entail?
2: Zoe and Kim House were in charge of okay. uh, of that stuff when okay. I was at Rhodes, So I don't have much experience with it. I just know it's not. It's not it takes about an do. hour. Here's what I'll say. I would it. be shocked if he pen to paper. Yeah. Sign
3: a couple things. Yeah.
2: Here's a couple of initials. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I would be shocked if Tomlin isn't uh, suiting up for the Tigers. Okay.
3: But also. Um, Throughout the show, we'll have a trip around the NFL at 5.30, Small Talk at 5.50, and you know what Small Talk is today. It's Connor's, Connor's wheelhouse and my wheelhouse as well. Christmas movies, top five Christmas movies. We have decided, though, and I have to run this by Connor real quick, we have decided to omit Christmas Vacation because it was going to be number one in both of ours. It would have so just... been
2: number one in both of ours, so to, to come up with a more exciting list... We have decided that Christmas vacation is all-time number one for us, so our one through five will be really our, our two through six.
3: Yes, and then also we have the Blitz at 630, and uh, we're going to have to run the numbers on the Pistons losing streak, which is now up to 25. They lost 119-111 to 111 to the Jazz last night at home. I mean, it's just futile. It's miserable. I, I Could you imagine being a Pistons fan right now? I know no. that it's hard. it's been hard so far this year to be a Grizzlies fan, but at least it's looking up with Ja back in the lineup. But to be a Pistons fan has got to be the most miserable existence ever
2: because there's nothing to look forward to. Well, it's last year they had the worst year they've ever had as a franchise. Then we're handed the fifth pick, and they said, you know what, it can't get worse. And guess what? It, it got-, got much, much worse. <laughs> it got way it, worse. <laughs> yes, yes. So
3: uh, there is that. But being a Grizzlies fan right now is actually, uh, you feel warm and fuzzy? You feel okay even though they're 8 and 19 you feel great because last night uh, two two wins in a row they've uh, they've put together a streak 8 and 19 you mean 2 and 0 yeah 2 and 0 2, 2 and 0. 0 sorry sorry We're, they're 2, 2 and 0, 0 on the year. um but they played the Pacers last night 116 to 103 they're on a two game winning streak in the grizz they they feel so back and i'm i'm not talking about record and playoff aspirations and you know championship aspirations and being a contender this year but the vibes the fun, the entertainment value is all back, and it took one guy, and that's John Morant. And uh, just sort of looking at it, um, I would feel different with these last two games uh, about saying that and marking that and, and you know, making a sweeping generalization. But these last two games have been against a very up-and-coming, solid Pacers team, and then a team who's, who's trending in the right direction and the Pelicans who are basically at full strength. It's not the pistons and the jazz that you've played back to back and won two games against. You've played against some pretty solid competition and won. One at the buzzer on the road and then handily at home uh, in Jaw's debut at home this year against the Pacers. And and what what really just jumps off the screen is the confidence that everybody plays with with John ja Morant on the floor. John ja Morant. His ability to find guys, his ability to set up offense, his ability to just make that confidence infectious is unbelievable. Look at Zaire Williams last night. On the defensive end, he wasn't that great, but offensively, 16.6 for nine from the field, knocked down some three balls. Uh, He had some nice rim runs with some uh, lob threat at the rim. Um, he had two blocks. He had a steal. Santi Aldama, you mentioned this yesterday. It was a good call. 13 points, three for five from three. For God's sakes, we're watching John Conchar absolutely baptize Benedict Mathurin at the rim. Hey, the confidence is just coursing through that team one by one since Jaws returned to the floor, and it is
2: palpable. It is noticeable. Yeah, the swagger's back, without a doubt. I mean, last night being in the FedEx form, it felt like a playoff game. The city of Memphis showed up in a huge way for John Morant's home debut, and the team showed up in a huge way as well. That ovation was goosebump inducing. It yep. was loud, and the fans were loud. Derek Rose the speaking whole time. before. The Derek Rose thing was really yeah. cool. The national anthem, dude, crushed it. That guy absolutely crushed it. Um, it was really fun. It was really fun. I mean, the crowd. It, it, It's a few people have said it already, but it really did feel like a playoff game. Like When Conchar went up and got that block, I didn't even know there was a whistle on it because it was so loud. And then when the crowd found out that there was a whistle, oh my god. (laughs) People people were out for blood. It was fun watching the Memphis Grizzlies once again. It Last night was one of my favorite games I've ever been to because it felt like joy had returned to the Memphis Grizzlies. You had so many highlight plays. Jaron Jackson Jr. was quite literally unstoppable on the offensive end. They had no idea what to do with him. John Moran is creating so many open three point shots for, for these everybody. guys. Desmond Bain. Des
3: probably should have had 40 last night.
2: Honestly. I mean, he he has yeah, like Desmond Bain, he was five for twelve from three. He'll probably shoot better than that most of the time, but he was wide open most of the time. Santi Aldama, all these open threes. Zaire was knocking him down. John Contreras was knocking him down. Vince Williams Jr. was just terrorizing Halliburton. Just terrorizing Halliburton. I'll get Halliburton to him in a second. I have, I have end.
3: I have a statement to make about Vince Williams Jr. That some people
2: will sigh at, but I I truly believe is. Right. It was fun. Last night was fun, and you know, it is. We've said it a few times that the the play in and the playoffs may be out of reach. I still think that there's a possibility. If there's, they could, I mean, if they, 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 they could sneak if they their they way play in. Like this, but why not? The the goal of the rest of the season was to to bring the swagger back, to have fun with basketball again, to see these guys. You know, really execute their game plan. That's another thing that Jaron Jackson Jr. did last night too. I I, I do want to say this. Not many people were talking about it, but as soon as the game ended, Jaron was the in arena um, interview with Kelsey, and it was a really good interview. But right before it ended, he made a point to give Taylor Jenkins credit for the defensive schemes of last night. I mean, they held the number one offense in the NBA to 103. The defense is alive, and I think
3: in the last ten games, they're fourth. Right now in defense, the Pacers' How lowest me. point total of the year was 104 points. They had only been held under 110 four times this year, they got held to 103. <laughs> I mean, I, the, the results, That's like twelve for him. The results speak for themselves. Yeah, and and, and with Ja, it's beyond on court with Ja. Although on court, he's phenomenal. And I, I heard Brevin Knight with with on court, uh, sort of talking about the on court stuff. He was with Anthony Sain on the Anthony Sain Show at Bluff City Media, and and it sort of struck me what he was talking about because this is a guy who had to guard guys like Ja throughout his career. But Ja, not only is it the first step, but usually when guys go side to side, you know, the, the dribble moves and crossing over, they're usually going side to side, just that. But Ja Morant, his ability to stay downhill while making dribble moves side to side, that's what separates him. You can't get a beat on him, you can't find a tempo or a pace to his game. That's what makes him such a tough cover.
2: Yeah, and, you know, to be quite honest, last night, I thought the Pacers had a pretty good game plan against John. Ja. They were throwing like two or three bodies at him pretty constantly. But to your point, the way he is able to stay under control and keep that dribble alive and find the open men is extremely important for this Grizzlies team. We talked about, as the season was going on in the first 25 games, how the offense just looked stagnant on you know in the half court. And it was difficult when they weren't out and running John Morant just changes all of those things. Like, I know a lot of people were like, well, John's not going to fix everything. I was like, I don't know, maybe. I think he might. You know, he, he certainly has made the offense look better. Are they going to win every single game? Probably not. They're going to lose right. at some point coming up. But the team absolutely feels different. Yes. And they certainly look different when he's out on the court. And,
3: and what strikes me is I talked about, okay, worrying about the plan and playoff, that's beyond. I'm not worried about that right this second. I'm still not uh, really all that in tune with I got some conversations. I have more hope than I had a couple of days ago. Uh, but my conversations uh, re- revolved around the fact that John Morant coming back, you have to restore the fun. You have to restore the culture. You have to bring guys along. He's done that in two games. Now, I understand that you have to have a level of consistency. This has to hold. But what I wanted accomplished for the rest of the season – I think is there already through two games, and I like even in my wildest dreams, I didn't think I would feel this way after two games of John Moran. I figured maybe there would be a buildup. There hasn't been a buildup. He is he is who he is right this second upon return.
2: Well, that's what's so crazy about like the Pelicans game, for instance. The juxtaposition of John Moran and Zion Williamson is pretty wild. Like Zion's been playing the entire season. And the dude looks like he's playing his first NBA game of the season, and Ja hasn't been playing for 25 games and barely broke a sweat and hit a game bu- and hit a buzzer beater. Well, he didn't you know? need his inhaler at one point, but we'll... Yeah, but yeah. like you know, you know <laughs> I what, what you I'm trying mean. to I know
0: say. in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively... Sports.
1: The clock at four. Donchich. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America.
2: Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device, credit, service, ported, 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.
1: After the end of a good fight, you deserve a nice cold reward.
2: It's pretty nuts how in shape and ready to go he is. It just shown that John Morant has, I think he took this opportunity and understood that I need to come back better than ever. And so far he looks very, very good coming back. He is playing at, you know, the same level that we expected him to play. It's great to see. And, it, and it, it is, it's exciting. The team is just, man, last night was fun. Yep. It's fun. I don't know if they're going to be able to sustain winning, you know, at this pace for forever, and, you know, they're going to run into some very good basketball teams coming up, but, you know, when they're playing teams like the Pacers, the Pelicans, the Hawks coming up, those are games that this team can win. When you have the big three of Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain, and John Morant, they can win on any given night, yep. any given night when those three and guys And the top win.
3: three, by the way, another 72-point performance. It's All not hard for 20. them to replicate. That's, that's, that's replicable every single night. Every night. Yeah, and I think having Ja out of the lineup helped uh, Jaron and Dez establish their their thoughts about where they're at in the pecking order and what shots they can take and what shots they cannot take. Um, but I, I think just when you look at Ja as a whole, we've had conversations in the past about Tyus Jones when he was replacing him and the Grizzlies were still winning games because of their depth and because of their health when Ja was out of the lineup. But Ja, up until this point, we didn't really give him this sort of you know, we didn't attach this to his name, but John is truly a, I don't care who else you have. If you have him, you're a playoff team type of guy. That is who he is. And it's, it's on full display. These last two games, if you have him, you are going to be in contention. If he stays healthy, if he stays on the floor, if he stays on the straight and narrow and doesn't have all the issues he's had the past two years, you're a playoff team seemingly at the very least.
2: Yeah. Uh, I weirdly think people forgot how good John Moran is at basketball yes. I, just, I just I think it's it's a simple right. fact that people he was gone, and they forgot what his impact was because it's not just him scoring it's he makes the entire team better. He gives them open shots, he pulls the defenses they collapse on him when he drives to the paint. he's not even shooting right now he's doing all of this by scoring in the paint he's and already- last
3: night was not his best offensive like point total it was twenty points he had eight assists though. But, like, seeing other teams. Sending people up. Like, I and saw someone really explain it as just his, his gravity, right? Yes. Like, the, the amount of defenders that get pulled to John Morant on any particular drive helps this team with their confidence, with getting open shots with them on the offensive end. And I knew it would be like that on the offensive end, but it is showing so apparently through two games. And it's just, it's, it's phenomenal to see. And I just, I love the vibe around this team through two games. Um, and now I want to get to. Uh, Vince Williams Jr. The Defense is alive. I mentioned it. Pacers had their lowest point total of the season last night with 103. Their lowest point total before that was 104. Only four times before that had they been held under 110. They're the best offense in the league, and this defense is showing up. And I think Vince Williams Jr. is a massive reason that is the case. He's real on defense. And I, I know people will sigh and say this is absolutely blasphemous, what I'm about to say. He has all NBA defensive upside, and I'm sorry to say that. I know we're not that long into his career. We're 19 games into this season with him, Um, but I think they'll convert his contract. We get all that, but I truly believe that when you look at the assignments he's gotten through these 19 games and the production that those assignments have not had, Vince Williams Jr. is showing himself with that type of upside on the defensive end. Um, he has a streak right now of holding all of his defensive assignments this season to under five made field goals and under 10 points, or 10 or under points. Those names, though, that, you, th- that he's done that to, these are not normal names. These are, like, these are the best of the best. Tyrese Halliburton, you saw how much he struggled last night. Did he drop him at one point point, knock down a three? Yes, but the rest of the game, Vince Williams Jr. was on his behind. Kevin Durant. Kyrie Irving, Luka Doncic, SGA, Jalen Green, C.J. McCollum, Devin Booker, Fred Van Vliet. If you can guard those guys at the highest of level, hold them under five field goals, hold them under 10 points, I think, without question, I can say... You have all NBA defensive upside. I don't know how that's going to show itself. We're going to have to see the type of minutes Vince Williams Jr. gets uh, going forward. We're going to have to see if he ever breaks the starting lineup when they're fully healthy. But Vince Williams Jr., if you haven't seen it already, he is an absolute dog on the defensive
2: end, and there's no denying it. Jaron Jackson Jr. talked about him in the post game last night about how important it is and how much of a lunatic he is on the defensive end of the basketball. You need a lunatic on defense. Jaron Jackson Jr. is one of the most talented defensive players I've ever seen. His prep is unbelievable, but he doesn't have the screw loose like, like Vince Williams Jr. does. He's psychotic about it. Watching him up close last night was a ton of fun because I texted you this. He just never stops talking. Yes. He never stops talking. And he'll just be standing like he was standing next to Obi Toppin last night a few times and would just slap his leg. He was just hitting <laughs> yeah, him in the leg. Him. And to, and he it's Dylan point, Brooks almost without the, the full on antics. It's like a very low key Dylan Brooks who only shoots it like four or five times yes. a game. You know, he has done exactly what you needed somebody to do that stepped into the defensive role that Dylan Brooks left. There was a hole there. There was a hole there. The first 25 games, you felt it. You certainly felt it, but Vince Williams Jr. has certainly made that a little bit better. And I do think this is sustainable. The good thing about having a good defensive player is their defense doesn't magically go away. You know, these guys are going to get tape on him, and they'll probably figure right. some things out. He'll get god every once in a while, but you know every Especially single night. Especially
3: if he's taking on Tyrese Halliburton, and Kevin Durant, right. Kyrie Irving, Luka. He's like, going to make yes. people's
2: lives hell every single night he's out there. He is so important to this team looking better. And I cannot wait to see how he continues to play this season. I really think it's sustainable. The all-defense thing... It's not a crazy thing to say when you look at it. It's, it's Funaki on 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 Twitter is doing the Lord's work by putting stuff up every single night or every single day. He's got a he's got a stat up right now about him compared to Alec Caruso. Alex Caruso, who's one of the best defenders in the NBA. Vince Williams Jr. is right there. The man scored two points last night. And was plus fourteen, <laughs> and that's sort of what he is as a player. That's what he is. That's he what doesn't need the tonight. ball in his hands to be. To be productive, to help he's him win basketball He's the type of guy games. that
3: even if offensively, if the shots don't fall like you think, you still play him. He has you risen still play him.
2: from the ashes of De'Anthony Melton's glue guy. You know, I, we I, have a new glue guy. I think His he's, name he's, is he's lesser Jr. on the
3: offensive end at this point. He's lesser on the offensive end than De'Anthony Melton. Yeah. But he kind of feels like the new De'Anthony Melton for this particular iteration of the Grizzlies. And it's just, it it it, it is very noticeable every single Night And he just brings it. And what really strikes me about him is the amount of ground he covers. Crazy. It's nuts in him playing off screens. He forces offensive fouls on some screens as well, which I think for a good defender is a great quality to have to end possessions easily like that. Um, but he just covers so much ground, and it's, it's just non- Energizer Bunny stuff. He, gets he just, a ton just of doesn't defluxions. stop.
2: A lot of people have been trying to come up with nicknames for him, and I saw one uh, that was Bug. I like the Bug. We should call him 201, though. He's locking people up. <laughs> yeah, we got
3: call him you know, 201. Vince, from
2: now on, he's he is 201 to me. I think that's, that's a I'm good one. Him.
3: That's a good one. I like that. I like that. But Vince Williams Jr., um, the energy is infectious Last from him as fun. well. Yes, it was. It was. Um, now, one thing that the Grizzlies do have to figure out in these two games, since john has been back, I know it's 2-0, and um, their second quarters have been brutal. Yeah, not good. Um, R- first quarter, they're plus 17 in two games. Second quarter, they're minus 34. Second half, they're plus 32. They have to figure out what's going on in the second quarter. But you know what helps with second quarters when you have a full bench, or at least a semblance of a full bench? I think Marcus Smart and Luke Kennard do a lot to help with second quarter woes.
2: Yeah. Certainly, yeah, because they'll be able to stagger those guys and, you know, you have reinforcements on the way. It sounds like Marcus Smart is expected back this weekend. I can't wait to see what it looks like out there with him. The, the lineups that, the lineup potential defensively with Marcus Smart back is going to be exciting with the appearance of Vince Williams Jr. Because imagine, imagine an offense trying to get through Marcus Smart, Vince Williams Jr., and then you have Jaren Jackson oh, Jr. defending the rim. Good luck. That's scary. Good luck. It's going to be fun to see.
3: Yes. Um, now, before we bring on Head coach of Memphis football, Ryan Silverfield. It's a nine-year anniversary of something. Do you want to take a guess? I was involved. Oh, I know what it is. What's the nine-year anniversary? Go ahead. Tell the people.
2: Is it? Is it the penalty?
3: No, not the penalty. It's not nine. Years. It has been nine years since my oh, last yeah, game right. in college football. That is true. That was 2017. This would have been around my freshman year. That's the oh, hint. Oh, I don't know. That's the hint. Nine oh, year- it's the fight. Nine-year anniversary the fight. Yes. of the Miami Beach Bowl winning 55-48 in Miami, in the Marlins stadium, um, That's right. Jake Elliott with a 55-yard field the goal. <laughs> then we had, then we had the, uh, the, the pick at the end that was sealed by Deshaun Terry. That was a great day. That was a great day. And I think the first real building block of where this program, this football program has gone. Um, to win that game, to win the fight afterwards. Definitely won that the That was huge. That was huge. Um, but I think most people remember the fight, unfortunately. Can you take us inside the fight, please? Um, I can't, actually, believe it or not, because I played 102 snaps that day. And it was hot because we left a cold uh, Memphis and went to Miami. And we know it's humid and you're, you know, you get you, that type of thing. And you're down there uh, in, in, in tropical Miami. So I was hot. I played 102 snaps. I was dapping up the opposing D tackle while everybody was in the fracas. <laughs> I walked off. And then I walked up into the stands to hug my family. I had nothing to do with the fight, believe it or not. So I can't take you inside. I do know that uh, Puka Nakua's brother, believe it or not. What a night he had Ka- last night. Yeah, Puka Nakua was phenomenal last night on Thursday Night Football. Did you know, did you know, the guy that punched Alan Cross in the face, the famous picture of the guy with the bloody uh, face, uh, the little cut underneath his eye, that was Kai Nakua. Oh. That was Puka Nakua's brother. Small world. I can take you inside there. Um, but, no, we won the fight. No, you definitely won the fight. That was a one fight. It
2: was hilarious. Well, I'll, I'll, it's never also forget, like, I'll never forget. What is BYU doing trying to fight Memphis? And I'll never like, forget
3: on. getting on the plane to go home. Best plane I ever took, by the way. We got the uh, the uh, business class uh, where I got to lay back the whole flight. They gave me the, the nice man, seat because seat. I played 100 snaps. They're like, brother, you can lay back. You can fall asleep on this flight. We're going to make it easy. Only flight I've ever slept on, believe it or not. I can't sleep on normal flights when I'm sit- sitting up. But I remember my uh offensive line coach Vance Weiss, um, who's at UNLV now he gets on and he goes, "You win the game, that's awesome, but winning the fight's even better, brother and I was, uh, everybody's just cheering it was a it was a great night for Memphis football, and I think it should be remembered as the building block of sort of the modern day success we've seen that that was the start of what we saw. It obviously you got to greater heights, the Cotton Bowl, where you are now, AutoZone, Liberty Bowl, the whole thing. But that needs to be sort of one of the biggest nights you remember in in the building of this program under Fuente Norvell, and now Ryan Silverfield. Totally agree. Do you remember what started the fight? What started the fight, I can take you yeah. Um so they had a center named Tejan Caroma who kicked around the league for a couple of years. He was a center for them and he was, you know, six foot, two hundred eighty five pounds, rock solid. Um, on the game-winning pick, we had a guy named Martin Afeti who played with the Rams for a couple years, was a seventh-round pick. And Tejon Karoma, after the pick was made, Martin takes his helmet off. He's a senior, mind you, redshirt senior at that time. Um, and I still text back and forth with Martin to this day. He always picks my brain on some of the things going on with Memphis football and just you know, Memphis athletics in general. And he, we, we have a good, uh, healthy back and forth there. Um, but Tejon Karoma decided to push Martin in the back after the thing was done and he took off his helmet and he's celebrating hands up going to hug his teammates Tejon Karoma comes up pushes him in the back and knowing Martin Martin goes I'm a red shirt senior brother there is nothing i have to lose he 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 grabs the the center Karoma, by the back of his pads and just starts wailing. bunch of uppercuts right up under the chin i i i don't think i don't think Martin would uh would be bothered by me sharing that information, but that's exactly how it started. Then there was a pile up, and then it got bad for me. That's
2: fantastic. Yeah. It was an ass-kicking. I remember being thrilled watching it. Yes. And also just asking myself, why is BYU trying to fight Memphis? That, that you're going to lose immediately. Well, but, no you know what always get, gets me? BYU, the Mormon school, we
3: get that. They are one of the dirtiest teams in America, and they have been for some time. Are now. they really? And they talk, yes, yes. I got my ankle twisted because I, uh, I had it taped up. I had the, uh, they call it a spat, where you tape up on the outside of the shoe because I had ankle issues that year. They tried to twist it in the pile one time, didn't really work. Um, and the, the trash they talk. I mean, these guys, the mouth of a sailor. It's unbelievable. You're like, you're supposed to be the good Mormon college, and you're coming after us like this? That's sort of how that ends. But, hey, I think that that was a good building block for this program. And right now we have a guy named Ryan Silverfield who uh, is, is trying to build up the program in his own way? And he joins next. So let's go ahead and get to that right here on The Gabe Kuhn Show, 929 FM ESPN.
0: Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. It's the
1: clock at four. Donchich. The Step Back
2: three. You bet. Music. You said my word. to four lines via virtual prepaid card I left 15 days qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required card has no cash access and expires in 6 months oh, oh.